Hello, and welcome to Humanities Centered, a podcast that explores research in the arts and humanities at Carleton College. I'm Clara Hardy, the director of Carleton's Humanities Center. Today, I'll be talking with Stacy Beckwith, professor of Hebrew and Judaic studies here at Carleton. Stacy's working on a book about modern representations of medieval Jews and Muslims in Spain. In the course of the research, she became interested in a recent and very popular historical novel called Cathedral of the Sea. But then she found out that the novel has been adapted for television, originally a Spanish TV series picked up by Netflix for global distribution in 2018. So she sought out a partner with some expertise in the world of media. Enter Arya Misra, now a senior major in cinema and media studies. Uh, Working with um, the support of the Humanities Center's Student Research Partnership Program, the two of them spent last summer collaborating on a deep dive into this epic and action-packed multi-generational tale of 14th century Spain and what it can tell us about modern visions of the distant past. I know I wanted to stream Cathedral of the Sea on Netflix when we finished the conversation, and you can too as soon as you finish listening to Stacy and Aria tell us about it. Okay, so why don't I start with a little bit of context. I work on contemporary historical novels, novels that are written by Spaniards today who are not Jewish, but everybody in Spain will say there's a little bit of Jewish blood that might have trickled down. Everybody has something Jewish maybe in their family. Um, but at the same time, the country has a very long history of uh, anti-Semitism, both Uh, in terms of physical violence and in terms of uh, attitudes towards Jews that has, um, you know, kind of really came to a head in the medieval period, but has lingered uh, all these centuries in in many different uh, ways and forms. One of the novels that was a runaway bestseller um, was published around 2006 um, in Catalonia, so in Catalan first, and then it was translated into Spanish, um, sold wildly in Spain and internationally, I think, because it's got a very fast-moving plot and it's got a lot of, you know, um, um, intrigues and stuff that people today can really relate to. I was invited to a conference that just happened at the University of Illinois on media representations of Spain's past, and um, that's how I kind of found out that the novel had been turned into a television series. So I've just added this dimension of uh, working with the novel and the series into my book project. But I didn't feel, I mean, I work a lot with film in my teaching, but I've never published on it. No, I have actually once on one other Spanish uh, film way back when I was a graduate student. But it's been such a long time, and I didn't feel like I knew the market. I've also never really written on television or international television. And that's where I thought, you know, Aria could come in. So we really were looking at the representation of what's called in Spanish, mm, convivencia, living together. That's the term that's given to Jews, Muslims, and Christians living together in medieval Spain. And as you can imagine, there, you know, is a pretty glorified picture of this like a team of three heroes, one from each community that finally make the whole plot work out. But if you look at it closely, and this is what I presented, you know, at, at the conference, I called it triumphant. And it's triumphant not because everything in the plot works out, but because it's so comfortable. It smooths the edges of any anti-Muslim, anti-Jewish stereotype, you know. And so Spaniards watching it today can kind of feel proud that, like, on the Jewish side, 
Oh, we didn't descend from the rabble who were always attacking Jews. We descended more from the nobles who like valued the Jews and kind of looked at them as wonderful linchpins in our economy in the Middle Ages and so there and and on the Muslim side too. Um, there are three Muslim characters in the series, one of whom is not in the novel, and they all turn out to be like almost like a Greek chorus, like this kind of like life coaches and stuff. However. They make it very clear that they were prisoners captured in Spain's Christian reconquest of the peninsula during the Middle Ages. None of them are interested in staying in Spain. They're just there to help the plot, and then they're gone. And that's very comfortable because <laughs> Spain is dealing, you know, has a lot of, of, of mixed feelings and, and, and mixed treatment of North African Muslim immigrants today. So that's why I called the Convivencia like so well suited to, you know, the portrayal of it to Spaniards today. Yeah. Aria, what was your um, project for within this larger um, enterprise that Stacy had going? What did you do over this? My, my role was to just support Stacy as <laughs> much as I can. In, like, um, and we had a little plan devised on how we were going to go about the about the research so we started off with um i read the book that um, stacy talked about mm -hmm. by uh, falcones and then um and then i watched the show and then uh, we all kind of like individually wrote down our thoughts and like what we like what stood out what like characters are like you you know kind of like um this interaction between the jewish muslim mm -hmm. and christian communities like how does that take place and so um, I, I'm a cinema and media studies major, so that's what I love to do, film analysis, and so I would like um, take like um, sort of moments from the show where these characters are interacting or like the characters are represented and note them down, and then Stacy and I would come together and discuss them and just ideas would flow. I mean, it, <laughs> it was not the best way because it was COVID and we were both really far apart, mm -hmm. but I think we made the best out of it, like we would meet... Um, at least once a week and we just uh, talk on the phone, talk on Zoom, mm -hmm. and we just sort of try to navigate what we're thinking and two heads are better than one. Through that project, I start, started sort of thinking about, well, Stacey and I both were thinking about how Netflix um, labels things as originals. And so yeah, that kind of yeah. like snowballed into bigger ideas and um, how like um, US-based you know, uh, streaming services are going into Spain and how does that change the landscape of um, global cinema? And um, and I, I think that idea kind of like stuck with me. And I did some research, but not enough to sort of be able to answer that. And that did sting me for a little while. And then I came back mm -hmm. to Carleton. Um, I met a, a, a camps prof, Jay Beck. And um, we were going to work on an independent research anyway. But um, he was like, what are you interested in? And I was like, well, with Stacy, I've worked on. Mm -hmm. this Netflix show and I think it like it bugs me how much how little we know about how these mm -hmm. streaming services work mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. like what is the role these SVODs are going to play in how we consume media mm -hmm. and they are building conglomerates it's not one service mm -hmm. it's like it, now Warner Media has HBO and HBO Max is going to distribute like it is vertical integration at its worst and it is scary because mm -hmm. they can produce whatever they want mm -hmm. and we have no option but to Mm -hmm. So I wanted to look into that. Stacy gave me a paper and I was reading that and there was a line that talked about how Spain used to um, have much longer episodes for mm -hmm. shows, like it would be like 90 minutes per mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. 
And when Netflix came in, they sort of like step to 90 mm-hmm. minutes for a while and then they realized there's much more money to be made on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And now Spanish shows are 60 minutes long. What we found uh, through the original Spanish channel, their service that had, you know, um, started the project before Netflix took it over, they had all these making of videos. Mm-hmm. So we were able to go into those and that really, I mean, that's forming a, a lot, uh, you know, it's as much of analyzing what they were saying on there because, oh my God, I mean, everything that we were picking up on in the episodes, they said openly. Uh-huh. We yeah. needed Jews to look like Jews, and we were going for the, the Jews with the noses, and they were, or we're going to do the prosthetic noses, or the, I mean, it, it's just awful. <laughs> it's just the one Muslim character who is like the, the, the main linchpin, he's saying like, I never saw myself as a slave or as Muslim. But once they talked to me, I, I you know, <laughs> <laughs> once I read the yeah, script, and yeah. I'm like, what I mean, the, the, the casting director is actually, you know, shot as saying, I was thinking African, I was thinking dark skin, but then I looked at him and I thought, he's got the gravitas. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, my colleagues and I, we say it's so yeah. bad, it's good. It's, it's good for bad. our research the because it's it is, so, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the question that this um, raises for me is, um, what connection maybe did you see between this whole transformation of marketing and consumption, Aria, that you were talking about, and this kind of perhaps um, uh, sanitizing of a medieval tradition yeah. that you're seeing, Stacy, uh-huh. in what evidently was already happening in the literature right, of right. in Spain. Right. Right. Do, do you have. Did you get any sense that these two things were connected with each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the one way I can say is that just what we were what we were just saying, the idea that Jews have to be automatically recognized as Jews, Muslims as Muslims, because there's no time in a 50-minute episode mm-hmm. in the marketing, uh-huh. you know, and, and you need, like, the instant recognition. So you're right there, and you kind of have... you. It's like you're exercising people's ancestral stereotypes and just, like, they come to the fore... You don't have to waste time. I think, yeah. One of the first things that I did was sort of read the novel and then watch the show and note mm-hmm. down the differences. Mm-hmm. I think the show does make it easier to recognize the people in yeah. a very specific yeah. way. Like, uh, as Stacey was saying, instant recognition because you don't have time. Yeah. Um, there were like pieces that were cut out, pieces that were kind of like smoothened over, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and the thing that we talked about was like memory building. The show did a lot of oh, memory yes, building. Yes, yes, yes. They would establish characters in the present and then like in the novel you can have a character in chapter one and then they return like much later and yeah. you don't need to yeah. talk about them if you don't yeah. want to in the middle yeah. part. Yeah. But in a show, if you don't show the memory right. of that character right. throughout linking, the audience will forget who yeah. that is and then it's too right. jarring to see yeah. them again. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of like, I, I wouldn't say it's complexity as uh-huh. much as it's like visual mediums are different in yeah. like right. keeping with the audience. That's right. You know, the whole idea is to keep the audience really knowing who everybody is, following everything, and being able to, you know, like, like feel like they can really relate to everything. And yeah. so like the one Muslim slave that they put in that's not in the novel you could see he comes in in the first or second episode as kind of like a life coach to, to the younger protagonist there. And then we've got the parallel of the older slave 
when the guy's son is has grown up and he's the life coach and it's it's kind of like you're right they set up the the character like the memory of the character was also the memory of roles muslims are coaches muslims are teachers they impart their wisdom but they don't want to stay in spain so they're very comfortable. But so they, they invented a character to put into the early episode so that like when you get to the later one, you kind of have this muscle memory. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I really think um, when I think about how popular the novel has been in Spain, mostly that, you know, but worldwide, but especially there and the series and some of these making of features also, you know, had like, uh, you could find trivia on that site about the film, about the series and like Twitter feeds and, and people on the Twitter feeds are going gaga over the stuff in the plot and not mentioning a thing about the Jews and the Muslims. And what that made me think of is like when we teach language, right? We talk about active vocabulary and passive vocabulary, right. you know, it's, stuff just kind of soaks. And, and when you think of like the, the worldwide, especially in Spain, the, the uh, fan base that this show, you know, produced... This stuff really does matter. It's really yeah. vital because no, maybe the fans aren't talking so much about the Jews or whatever, but they they saw what they yeah. saw, they and that's the thing. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a nice transition into maybe um, zooming out to a broader perspective. And uh, let me ask each of you um, sort of what you're left with at the end of your summer's work. I think what I'm left with is really really rich because. Working with you and your expertise in film and film analysis, I've worked with film. I've taught it, but I never knew what a rack shot was. I never like like there's there's like technical things that you really really helped me with, and the noticing your eye is just amazing. And you've also got a really great way of integrating what you find into what we're looking at at the moment. So you've been talking a little bit separately about Netflix marketing strategies and the film, but when we were having our conversation together, you were able to weave, weave in both in a, you know, such a helpful way. Working with Stacy has been a dream. It's been a, dream <laughs> and a pleasure. And, um, yeah, if, like, if she had me, I'd be a research assistant for the rest of my life. But I think this experience did make me appreciate um, just the academic side of film and media a lot more because I think, um, especially in the CAMS department, I think not a lot of people go thinking in like academic way and because um, CAMS is so, uh, you know, it's inherently a more like industry-based major sometimes mm-hmm. and um, I've worked in the industry too, but just like doing academic work, like the way we like, take things from the real world and like really break them apart and put them together I think that there's a need to do that because um especially like I've said this before but just this like conglomeration like there's five big people big industries that will remain Mm. you know Warner Disney couple others and that's it and that's all who will produce anything and that's all will consume and I feel like it's up to us like truly think about what we are like getting from this. There's a big divide between um, the artistic side of cinema and the business side of cinema. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I think there, there, there needs to be a link between the two. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, a fabulous and productive and exciting summer. And <laughs> yep. I will look forward to um, reading Stacy's work when that comes. Oh, out. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. 
You can find show notes for this podcast on our website at www.carleton.edu humanities. There you'll also find more about student research partnerships, as well as all the other programs supported by Carleton's Humanities Center. This podcast is a production of the Carleton Humanities Center and is edited by me, Clara Hardy, with original music by Will Hardy. Thanks, as always, to Austin Mason, Director of Digital Humanities at Carleton, and the Humanities Center Advisory Board for helpful suggestions and support. You can subscribe to Humanities Centered wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Thank you.